talking about homes and Christian lives as we share together over these next several weeks and talking about those things. And one of the greatest needs that we find in our homes is hope. It's been said that without hope, we live without any purpose. We live without any sense of direction. We live devastated most of the time and things going on. Far too many of our homes in America don't have hope. They, they live not with the transformation of the glory of God in their life and what's going on, but just wondering whether or not they'll be able to even survive. They, they don't live with the belief or a hope of a better tomorrow. They just wonder if they'll even have a home tomorrow. There's so much confusion and so much going on in our homes across our nation. I won't take your time this morning to go over statistics, but if we were to look at them, we would discover uh, shocking news about what's happening in our nation, what's happening in our homes. We all know and have heard the stories over and over again about how the majority of people who are in prison would tell you if they gave their testimony that one of the reasons that they're there is because they had no home life. They had no family life. They had no positive influence in their lives as they were growing up and the things that were being a part of that. We could go on and on and on talking about all the abuse and all the things that are happening in our nation as our world is finding itself, as our government continually tries to destroy the concept of a home and what it really means to have a Christian home and to live in the processes of things that are going on and the things that we see. We need Christian homes. We need families that believe in their lives that the most important thing they can do in their life is to serve the Lord God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and in the serving of God to be able to love one another and serve one another and families the way that they ought to, the way that they ought to live together and the things that are going on and being a part of that as we share together and as we look at that and being a part of that time together. Family life is, is um, it's not, it's not practice. It's the real thing. It's the hub of society. It's what goes on. It's what we need to live up on and deal with as we come about. It's what is most important in all the things that we're dealing with and going on. And if we neglect the reality of it, if we don't take it seriously, if we don't live it the way God intends for it to be lived, if we don't allow Him to be Lord of our homes and put the things in priority that ought to be in priority, then we struggle. And we find ourselves not, not rejoicing in the kind of homes that we want to have and we desire to have, but we find ourselves missing so many things in our life and it becomes almost, for some people, a drudgery just to exist day by day because they don't find the joy and the wonder of what it is to have a house that is filled with God and a family that loves God and loves one another and what's going on. You've heard the words many times, but I'm going to just share them with you again this morning in Matthew chapter 7, in verses 24 through 27. The scripture that Jesus shares are the words that he gives us, the, the, really a sense of, of challenge and admonition at the end of the Sermon on the Mount as he gives us that. And so I'm going to invite you to stand as we read together the word of God and allow it to speak to our hearts, beginning in verse 24 of chapter 7 and reading through 27. And again, these are very familiar words, I know. But we need to understand that this is the foundation. This is the root of all that we believe and have if we're going to have Christian homes and the things that are being part of it. Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, 
as we look at these verses and as we reminded of them, we've heard them over and over again in our lives. We've talked about them. We've probably, many of us, used them and taught them in other ways in our life. But Father, the very foundation of this nation, the very foundation of our world is the home, is the family. And without that, we, we find ourselves struggling as we are. We find ourselves devastated with all kinds of, of things that are going wrong in every direction. Everything moving in the wrong direction, nothing moving in the right direction because we've forsaken the words that you gave us to build upon a foundation that is a rock that faces all the storms of life, that deals with all the issues that we deal with, that comes across and no matter what happens in our lives and finds ourselves still standing firm because we're standing upon the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Father, those who have chosen to ignore these words, who have chosen to not let them be the foundation of what they are, are stumbling and falling and we're seeing the wreckage in our world around us and the things that are happening. And I pray, Father, that you just remind us, those of us here today who, who know you and understand that we have been, re been saved, that we've been redeemed, that we've been bought by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, that we belong to you, that, that we are those who stand upon the rock. Why it's so imperative, why it's so important, so, so very urgent that we as a people live out the kind of faith, have, demonstrate the kind of homes, be the kind of people that can be an example to the world around us. And so speak into our hearts those things, the Father, that we already know, the truths that are there planted, just bring them up to the surface once again and let us be reminded of the wonder of what it means to be, first of all, your child, second of all, to be a family, a household of God, Father, remind us that whether we're a single household or whether we're a household with numerous peoples within it is not the issue. It's just that whether we're single or in abundance, whatever it is, that each of us individually and all of us together are determined to have a home, a family that belongs to you and lives as Christians ought to live under the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that in his name. Amen. You may be seated. As you and I think about why should we have a Christian home? That's a question that, that would ask, why a Christian home? I mean, we could ask lots of questions and people who don't believe in Christ, people who don't bother to have a home that's that committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, they may say, what difference does it make? Why do we need a Christian home? Why do we need to focus upon the reality of what that's talking about and being a part of it as we see and as we see? Well, there's, see, there's something special about a Christian home that's missing in every other home in the United States and across the world. It's a simple word. It's easy to understand. It's the term grace. Grace. See, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no grace. Unless we know Him and experience Him and understand Him, we miss the understanding of what grace is about and what grace does. There, there's some good homes. Don't get me wrong. There's families that, that love their life, they're having a good life, they may be prospering, they, they have positive thinking attitudes in their homes, they, they uh, maybe have some good ideas about what it means to uh, have, focus on good health and do the right things in living and some things like that, but they don't have power. They don't have the ability to have something that makes a difference in their lives, that changes and transforms them individually and transforms them as a group, as a people of God, and all that's going on. You see, what grace does, first of all, and foremost, certainly, it brings into a household the possibility of salvation. By grace that you and I can know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. By grace, we have been invited into the very household of God to be a member of the family of God, not only as members of the, of the physical family that we have here on earth, but you and I are brought into the household of God. We're members of His family. 
We are part of, the, of His family. We're very called the very children of God. The Bible tells us that not only are we born into His family, but we're adopted into His family. We are made certain by God that we belong to Him. And in that household of faith, you and I then establish a household of faith that demonstrates His love in our life in the way that we gather together and live out our faith in our homes and the things that are going on. See, grace brings power with it. Grace brings the ability to live with all the situations of life that we face. Grace brings the possibility of looking all the struggles of life in the face and know that we understand we're not exempt from problems. We're not exempt from the issues that are going on. But we know that we have within us the power to meet anything that we face head on because we have one who is with us who meets us and is always the one who is above and beyond all things that we might face in life. He is God. He is the Lord. He is the Creator. He is the one who has brought it into being that you and I might know that. The Bible says in Psalm 127 and verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, he labors in vain who seeks to build it. We can give all of our effort without Christ. We can ignore everything that God has ever said. We can put it all aside and say it doesn't matter. We're human beings. We have minds. We can do what we want to, live how we want to, and everything will be fine. But if we do that, as we see, it's in vain. That verse goes on to say, not only is the house that is built without God, but a nation built without God will crumble and fall. Because we need the foundation. Why Christian homes? Because Christian homes are that example, that, that illustration, that ability. It, on a Christian home, God, God doesn't just put a blanket of salvation over a home that, that maybe somebody in the home is a Christian, and so God just covers it with a blanket, and everybody in the household then becomes a Christian. Doesn't happen that way. Whether you live in a single household or whether you live in a household with two or three or however many may be in your family and being a part of it, every single person in that household personally must meet Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It doesn't matter. You may have the most godly mother or the most godly father. It doesn't matter. The children aren't going to be Christians just because they have Christian parents. They have to be brought into a faith with Jesus Christ. It's up to each one of us. You have a great... Christian wife, and she, has an un, she marries someone who's not a Christian. He's not going to just be a Christian because he married a Christian woman. Until he meets Jesus Christ and changes his life, he's as lost as he ever been. doesn't matter how good a woman she may have been and may be. It's an individual thing. The house must be filled. But you see, the wonder of that is, whether it's a single person or whether it's a whole number of people that live in the household, every one of them, when they trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, become the household of God themselves. God indwells each one of them. All of them together know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He dwells within them. He takes up his abode in our lives and he lives there. And so we have a household of faith that is filled with God's dwelling in the lives of each individual and all together in the work of God. That's why we need a Christian home. That's why we need to turn to Christ and live for Christ and being the part of it. Why a Christian home? Well, we need a Christian home because millions of families around the world are in darkness. They don't know what to do. They're struggling. They're looking for things that are going on. It's imperative for those of us who know Christ as Savior to be the right kind of example, to live the right kind of life before them, to be real about what's going on and going on and being part of it. See, what we need to understand, the home is the most important place on earth. hear me, it's hard for a preacher to say, the home 
is the most important place on earth. It's not the church. The church is essential if you're going to be walking with God the way that you ought to. You can't live faithfully with God. You can't know the abundance of life. You can't find the growth that you need as a child of God without the fellowship of the church. But it's not the most important. The home is the most important. It's not the school. Even though we allow the school to shape our, the minds of our children and oftentimes in the wrong directions, it's not the most important place on earth. It's the home. It's where you and I dwell day in and day out among those that God has placed us with and being a part of it. It's important that we understand what goes on, that Christ reigns in our life and the being, being a part of it. And we need to be different. We need to set the example. We need to be a part. And just being different is not the issue. It's not just being a part of the things that are going on. There's lots of things that are different in our world. That doesn't make them good just because they're different. But we need to be different in the sense of living according to the plan of God. Different in the sense that we walk in God's way, in the path that he set for us. Different in the way that we love people, treat people the way that we ought to. Kindness in the things that are going on. That we live out day in and day out the example of what's going on. And being a part of it as Christ dwells in our hearts and being a part of it. We have to be real about it. It's, it's one thing to, to say we're different, but if it's not true, if it's not real, if, it, if it's not evidenced in our lives, then what difference does it make? We all understand and know the word uh, in the scripture when it talks about being sincere or having sincerity in our heart. It was a word that meant without wax. And you've heard it mentioned many times. It was simply the idea that in a merchant's, when they would have, for instance, when they would have clay jars that they would be wanting to sell and find, and they would, as they would get ready to sell them, maybe they'd find one that had a crack in it or something like that. Well, they didn't want to lose the money on it, and so they'd seal the crack with wax and cover it over, make it look like everything was all right. It wasn't anything wrong. And so when it was, but when it was set in the sun, when it was put to the test, it was obvious that it was something wrong with it. To be sincere means to be without wax. It means that, that we're the real thing. And that's what God needs in our families. That's what God needs in our lives. That's what God needs in our churches, folks, that we need to be real. We don't need to put on airs. We don't need to try to be something that we're not. We simply need to be what God wants us to be, to be the people that we are. God has brought us into his family. He saved us. He's made us his very children. We belong to him. He has, a, he has instilled us with the spirit of the living God, and he gives us day by day the wisdom to do the right thing, the power to live out the right way, to be the demonstration of the love of God in a world that's dark and lost and hopelessly without any idea of what to do. We need to be the people who stand up as the light of the world. We need to be the people who remember we are the salt of the earth. We need to be the people who live out the kind of lives in our homes, in our families, and among one another that says to a world around us, this is the way God wants you to live. And when you live according to the principles of God, you live a life that is full and abundant and real, a life that is forgiven, a life that has hope, a life that has eternity to it. We need to be those kinds of people in those kinds of homes. Why would we need Christian homes? Because our world is desperate. And we need God's people to be the examples, to live the way that God wants us to live, to live out the faith that God wants us to. Noah had it tough. He lived in a world much like our own, a world in which no one wanted to believe God or walk with God, wanted to do their own thing, their own way, in their own time. They didn't want to have anything to do with God. And if they had anything to do with religion, it was always false and unpowerful and unreal and, and unable to do anything in their lives. Because religion never can. But he was faithful to the word of the living God. He was faithful to the God who he loved and who, he, who gave him life. 
And he obeyed God. And because of his walk with God and his faithfulness before God, we all know what the story says. He and his family were saved. All of them saved because of the godliness, the walk of God that needed to be there before. That's what we need in our homes today is that, that godliness, that awareness that we live for God and he's more important than anything else in our lives and being a part of it. See, the most important person in our homes is God always, or it should be. But then the most important person in the home doesn't need to be me. And it needs to be my wife. And then it needs to be my children. I'm last on the pole. It must always be that way. We, and it's the same way with the wife or the husband. It's always about, we're each one, servants of each one. Loving each other, caring for each other, meeting the needs of each other, and being a part of all that's going on. We need Christian homes. And that ability to be a servant, that ability to allow oneself to not think of themselves as the most important and the most critical part of the household is, is a part of what it means to be Christian, is the understanding of what it means to be saved. Jesus told his disciples when they argued about who was the greatest among themselves and they kept wanting to know who would be at the right hand and who would do this and who was better than the other and who had more importance than anybody else. What did he say? The one who is least is the one who will be the greatest, the one who serves. I didn't come to be Lord over everything. He said, I came to serve. The right illustration of a home is when each person in that home serves one another in Christ, lives for his glory, for his understanding, and for what's going on in his life, puts him above everything else, and then puts everyone else in the household above themselves as we serve each other in the things that are going on. Why a Christian home? Well, it comes back to what I mentioned a moment ago. Because the church is not the most important. What happens in the home? You know, I'd like to think, be foolish, but I'd like to think that preaching and teaching the Bible and those kind of things, when you come to church, it just knocks you off your feet and you're different every time. I mean, you just, it just really changes every person that listens. But the reality is, churches aren't affecting very many people's lives anymore. We're not making a difference in the way they live, in the way they think, in the way they act. Where it makes a difference is at home. Where the truths of God's word are spoken day in and day out. Lived day in and day out. When they see Godly parents, as our children and our grandchildren, when they see godly parents get hit smack in the face with the hardest thing they've ever faced in their life and it doesn't look like there's any way off and yet they watch their parents as they stand before God, thanking God for who they are, thanking God that he's with them in the midst of that struggle, understanding that it's not doesn't make them someone who's special, someone who doesn't ever have problems, but understanding that in the midst of it, they have a God who is with them and they teach their children, parents who teach their children how to handle their money correctly according to God. God's principles, not the world's principles. People who understand how they teach their children how to relate to other people, one another, and the things that are going on and the things that are happening. It's in the home. It's in the home. It's in the home that that makes a difference. Certainly the church contributes to it and, and adds to it and strengthens what's being taught in the home and, and helps give 
fortitude to those who have already made those decisions because they're growing in that faith at home and they're seeing that demonstration at home and the part of it. But folks, the home, the home is the most important place on earth. And sad to say, very few people have the home that honors God, and glorifies God, and upholds God, and walks with God. We're so influenced by the world instead of we being the influencers of the world. That's what the Bible talks about is the fact that we're not to be conformed to this world. That's what Paul said in Romans 12, you'll remember. We're not to be conformed to the ideas and the attitudes of this world. They're wrong. They're wrong. And they're destroying our nation. But we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds in Christ Jesus. To know what is the good and perfect will of God. To know how to worship the way that we ought to. We need Christian homes. Why Christian homes? Because that's the hope of our family. It's the hope of our churches. It's the hope of our cities. It's the hope of our state, of our country. Even as the song we sang earlier, our home. Starts with me, I'll serve God. What about our city? What about our state? It's the home. It's the home that makes the difference. We need Christian homes. We need people to not be ashamed to acknowledge that our home belongs to God. You know, Joshua said it, As for me in my home, my household, those within my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Now, what you do, that's up to you. But as for me, we'll serve the Lord. See, that needs to be the testimony of every person in this house, in this building today. As for me, I choose to serve the Lord, to live for the Lord. Now, not everyone, as I said, has the foundation of a good Christian home. Some of us don't have that in our homes even now. Some grew up without it in their homes. Some of us wish we had it, but we're not sure how to get it. I'm here to assure you today the only place that you can get it is through Jesus Christ. It has to start there. It has to start with you individually. You have to give your heart to Christ. You have to let him be your savior, your Lord, your master. It has to begin with you. And then you have to demonstrate that reality in your life by living out that faith. You know that God can work through you to touch the rest of the members of your family. And if your household is already Christian, then it's the, it's the ability to rejoice in the wonder of that and to make sure that we live in the understanding of the context and the atmosphere of what it is to be Christians and, and to serve God and what we are so that anytime we invite people into our home, anytime we have guests, anytime we have relatives that come into our home, one of the things that they sense is that God lives here. Because he does. Because he does. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we gather together and we sing praises to you and we offer our prayers and we share in communion with one another and Father, we open your word and 
pray that it speaks to us in our, through our minds, but also especially in our hearts. We just yield these moments to you, and we pray that something that your spirit has spoken through any of us and all of us together or through a message or whatever it may be, will just touch a nerve. Bring alive a heart that's begun to grow cold. Create hope where hope has begun to fade. Make dreams be reborn when they've been put aside with feelings that they'll never come true. God, your spirit makes all the difference in the world in our lives, in our homes. And you know far better than any of us would ever have an understanding how desperate our world is for Christian homes. People who live out their faith day in and day out at home so that the overflow spills out into a world that's so thirsty and so hungry, even though they often don't realize it. God, give us Christian homes and let it start in me. In Christ's name, amen.